podcast today we will be doing one of our last episodes of the greatest 11 we'll be picking the manager our greatest ever manager uh we'll go through the really some really really good ones we've had and we'll talk about some tremendously bad ones uh we'll narrow it down to at least well probably four like i think we can get four and then we'll put that out for a vote uh we've got a full house joining us again mick dan and ben hello um, and we will, uh, yeah, we'll get down, get down. Hopefully, this will be a much more popular selection than the strikers was. Uh, I blame Michael for not picking. I do for the first one, Arden, whatever he's called. <laughs> Wally Arden, Wally Arden. Wally Arden, that was ridiculous. Arden, <laughs> I don't care. It deserves <laughs> to be part of it. Yeah, fair enough. And we picked Bobby Williamson, and Bobby, Bobby Williamson, through, so anyway, not seen. Alfie and Bobby Williamson are strikers in the greatest 11. Um, pretty close vote. Alfie won about 39%. Bobby Williamson about 28 something like that. It was quite a close vote. Yeah, not um, a fairly popular uh, decision, though, was it? The, um, the top four. There's obviously someone missing that, um, that a lot of people wanted, including <clears> myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got to obviously... Just, Twitter and Facebook from Ronnie, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's this is not a spoiler. I just think it's fair to say he'll be in the final four today. I think he'll win it. He's got to win it, hasn't he? I think he's got to be in this one. But uh, we'll uh, move on to that in a moment. I think Ben has got not a full, not a quiz today, but some guest of players. Yeah, I've got two guest of players. Uh... So that first, and then we'll uh, move on to other stuff. So Ben, have yeah. two Millers players. Uh, well, you'll find out for the clues if it's a Rotherham player. I'll say in the clue, but I might have two Rotherham players, might have no Rotherham players. You never know. Well, you do it now, so why don't you just tell us now? I'm going to say you meant to no. really tell us. Okay. Yes. Well, you'll see in the clues. <clears throat> you do know it's a Rotherham United podcast, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I do. But I'm running out of Rotherham United players that are. Okay. Go ahead. Hello? Yeah, we're still here, mate. Ah, okay. Ready? Yeah. yeah. He played for his national teams, under 15s team, under 16s team, under 17s team, under 18s team, under 20s team, and under 21s team. Bodak. Nope. Both wrong. Anyway, mate? No, no idea. His brother also played professional playing in cent- central midfield. Matt Derbyshire. Nope. Paul Pogba. No, nope. Yeah, I'm just thinking Rodham players here. I'm always... I am, but I don't know what's what, so I don't know what to guess. I never said it was a Rodham player. I know so... he didn't. Right, are you ready? Yeah. yeah. He has played over 1,000 professional matches. Mike. Yep. Uh, Peter Shilton. Nope. Pele. Nope. Danny, care to have a guess? Maldini. Nope. He was selected in the UEFA Team of the Year six consecutive times, which is a record for his position. It's not a Robin player, then. No, I think it's a Robin player. (laughs) Modric. Nope. You you said all it captures it, so he's not played for his national team at full level? Did I say that? You just named all the youth. You players. implied it. Yeah. Implied it, yeah. All right. Well, he's played for his national team oh, as well. Thank you. All right. Anyway, I've had a guess. Mick, what were that? Six consecutive UEFA, t- UEFA team. Team of the years. Is that, like, is that like a Champions League thing? Yeah. All right, okay. UEFA, Buffon. either Europa League or Champions League. Yeah. Buffon. Nope. Mick, can I have a guess? 
He has the most appearances in the Champions League of any player. Ooh. Hmm. So somebody we should definitely know then. Oh God! If you don't know him, then you sh- you don't know football. To be honest. Yep. Yeah. Diego Costa. Nope. <laughs> Sergio Ramos. Nope. Uh, Casillas. Yes. Matt buddy. Yeah. Oh, that was just. A... <laughs> oh, that, what? Was a... that was just a... a complete guess. That is Casillas. Oh, there you go. Rest at cute clues were he helped captain his national team to a World Cup win, which is the third time that it's ever been done by a goalkeeper. He played for two clubs in his career and spent over 16 years at one. And he played for Porto and Real Madrid. So good clues there. Yep. Got one more. Yeah. Matt's on. Which one did you guess it on, Matt? The team appearances. Four points for Matt then. Boom. I take it. I take it his brother weren't very good. No, somewhere in France, like third tier, I think. Uh, <clears throat> the next one is he was born in Peterborough. Steve Evans. Nope. Leo Fortune West. Nope. <sighs> Mate, care to have a guess? Yeah, I do. Go on. Uh, Lee Frecklington. No. Before we move on, can I just mention, can I just point out that Danny thought Steve Evans were born in Peterborough? Mm. Yeah. Scottish Steve Evans. Mm. Frecklington's Irish. I don't think you were born in Ireland. Right. <clears throat> he made 20 appearances for Rotherham. 20. Lee yep. Glover, he's Scottish and all, actually. No. That's not a lot of appearances. No. Mick. Yep. Jordan Bowery. No. (laughs) Anyone else? Danny? I ain't got a clue. Uh, Oh, Ben Perrington. No. He's only scored five professional goals after leaving Rotherham. Oh, that's right. Gary Martindale. Nope. That's a shame. I wanted to be Gary Martindale. Hmm. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) No one cares to have a guess anymore? Right. He has played in the Eredivisie for Vitesse. No. Uh, okay. Oh, no, this one. Oh. 22. Uh, uh, is he brown? Yes. Yes. Nice. Matt's got 10, well, 10 points and he wins. Oh, no, six points, uh, nine points even. So It doesn't matter, does it? He's won. won. Matt wins again. Again. Oh, Danny, you need to win one. Can I just say, I've just, made, I've just had a look. Uh, the player I thought it was, and he did play for Vitiz as well. Knew a Did he really? I didn't know that. Last season. Oh right. He scored more than five goals after leaving us, though. He scored three against us. Well, yeah. <laughs> he scored four for one club and one for another. So. Uh, what is he brown? One yeah. for Leeds, I take it. Mm, I, I think Luton. I think. I think it was. Just, I think it was Luton. I think he probably scored for Huddersfield as well. Yeah, I think it was four at Huddersfield and one at Luton. Yeah, yeah, that's a shame for him. Uh, he's a good player, is Brown. Very good player. Yeah, he in- injured his hamstring, didn't he, on that first game? No, it was a cruise ship. Cruise ship, even. Like a Premier League debut, it is cruise ship, isn't it? Yeah. Right, shall we move on to the manager section? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, as always, we will do the greatest managers. We'll narrow it down to four. <clears throat> but... Again, as always, let's start with some absolute donkeys of managers. Uh, Danny, have any managers that stand out as being horrendously bad? Kenny Jacket. Kenny Jacket, yeah. Shortest manager, right. shortest manager of reign in our history. Is it? Alan Stubbs. Oh. We should show we do one at a time. Yeah, but there's just so many <laughs> in recent years. 
Yeah, Kenny, Kenny Jacket were a particularly frustrating one because it was sort of a well-known name. Yeah. And you saw, when he came in, you thought, we've got somebody who knows if, if we're a championship, we're, we're looking like definitely going to get relegated. You thought, if we get relegated, we've got a good name. We've got somebody who's, you know, can potentially attract the right type of players, this, that and other. Yeah. And then, yeah, didn't, yeah just jacked it in, what, five, five games in. Um, five games, yeah. Yeah, it just folded, didn't it? Big time. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know what his problem was. Um, just spineless, absolutely spineless. Mm. Uh, but then you look at his, you look at his previous clubs, and then you start to think, well, hang on a minute, this is a man, really. I guess Watford, Swansea, Millwall, Wolves, Portsmouth. Now he's, he's looking at clubs where he thinks, with the exception of probably Millwall and us, where he thinks he's going to be able to spend a load of money. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Know. I don't know what it were, but that they were pathetic, absolutely pathetic. And for me, because of the way he behaved, I put him above Stubbs as a, as a worse manager. That's me. Would you? Yeah, well, I think yeah. Stubbs messed up everything to do with club. Well, yeah, Stubbs he came in as, as this bright young thing. I remember Tony Stewart said something on the lines of that Alan Stubbs could be a future England manager, which obviously didn't go very well. Um, Didn't he come from Scotland? He won the Scottish Cup. Won yeah. the Scottish Cup with Hibs, and he came. He came in and bought in all these Scottish players like Scott Allen, Dominic Ball, a couple of others. Volks obviously one that worked out, uh, but he bought in all these players that didn't really. Well, they didn't know how to play in English football, and because Scottish football is a completely different ball game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he never he never connected with the fans. I seem to remember he did an interview. One of one of Journalists asked him basically, you know, why, you know, do you, why do you not clap fans and things like that? Which is fine if you don't clap fans. Don't, I don't necessarily have a problem, but he said something along the lines of, "Well, I don't need to clap the fans to show them this, that, or other." Yeah. But then when you're getting spanked four 0 away to Barnsley, who just got promoted, yeah. you need to be showing something. You need to there needs to be a connection between the club and the fans and the manager. Yeah. And the, the greatest ones that we'll come on to are the ones that connected with the fans. Yeah, and I don't know if that's our club or other clubs, but it's, it seems well for me it's massively important that you get the fans on board. Yeah, and it will be like it'll be so, at least sort of likable because then you get a bit more time to be a successful manager. He won well, one game out of fourteen. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Personality free zone, weren't Alan Stubbs? Yeah. You know, and and to be fair, I, I remember the first game at home to Wolves. Mm. That first half of that first game. Were as good as I've ever seen a Rotherham United team play. Yeah, we went two 0 up, didn't we? Hammered them. We did. We were, we were unbelievable. We, that was the season when we went two 0 up in every game and blew it, didn't we? But then, yeah. yeah, it was just bizarre. It was bizarre. The second half was one of the worst performances I've ever seen. How was how is that possible? Yeah. Anyway, it was just one of them teams. As soon as we put a bit of pressure on, they just collapsed. They, they just had no. Well, they didn't feel like they had support. Right. From the background, background, there's no sort of plan if things sort of went went badly. Um, and the signings, Dexter Blackstock was probably the worst signing in our history, our yeah. most expensive contract ever, and it's just awful. Yeah. I mean, I was, we talked about it with the strikers last week. The worst thing Stubbs did was let Derbyshire go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He let Derbyshire go. He put all his eggs in Johnson Clark Harris, who got injured. Yeah. And we had no strikers. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, it not very long. Uh, a couple of ones to mention that were poor in the past. Mick Hartford uh, in, in 2005. Yeah. He followed Ronnie, which was always going to be a difficult job to follow anyway. Yeah, it was. It was, it was a tough task. Um... He was one of those. I remember we, we, when they were doing main stand, we were sat in railway end. And as we were walking past, we were sat, walking past the way dugouts. And somebody gave him a shout, obviously just gave him some abuse, saying, sort it out, something like that. He, t- he turned around to fans and said, well, I don't know what you want me to do. Yeah. I remember being there, like, I was, what, 15-year-old, thinking, you're the manager of this team. It's your <laughs> job to sort it out. Yeah. And he didn't sort it out. He got, thankfully, he got sacked and all. Yeah, not a great, not a great manager, to be fair. Um, so, yeah. Uh, one that's the further back that got a mentions on Twitter, which you know, you'll know a bit more, but Danny Bagheera, Mick. Yes, he didn't have a great, not a great record, Danny. 
came. Uh, it, it, to be fair, it's a difficult to again. It's a difficult to, um, thing to follow after we'd just been to Wembley with Gemmell and McGovern. Um, oh, I couldn't stand. By the way, well, <laughs> sorry, Archie Gemmell. I, I dislike that man with a passion still. Uh, but it, you know, we, we had a decent season. We'd gone to Wembley. We'd we'd we'd, we'd had a win there and everything else. <laughs> Um, and then I don't know. I don't know what the thinking were behind Danny Bagara at all. Um, and and to be fair, seven wins out of fifty games tells its own story, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The shocker, absolute shocker. Um, but you know, it it, it it helped us on to to bigger and better things, didn't it? Yeah. 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 Allowed Roy, Roy to come in and. Uh... Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you talk about Mick Arthur, but th- those were difficult times. They were really difficult times for a club. Uh, that yeah, was right around the time that we were in uh, in deep mire. Yeah, I think it was Mick Arthur was a really weird one. He, he won like he won five games, but he won four games by about October. Yeah. And then by end of December, we'd we'd not won anymore. It, just, yeah. it, it was a bit like the Alan Stubbs thing, but we're a bit more thinking. As soon as we started struggling, he just couldn't turn it round. No, no, absolutely. And unfortunately, if you if you if you're a manager and you can't turn it round, you ain't going to make it as a manager. No, one of the things you need to be able to do is is turn a losing run into a winning one, or yeah. at least some wins anyway. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, any other ones you want to mention as the uh, go on the bad list? <laughs> I haven't yeah. got any more. Can I just mention Kenny Jacket again? <laughs> Just because, I, just because I, I've got a real problem with him. I genuinely have. I've got a real problem with the bloke for what he did to us. Because he's a good... Well, I say he's a good manager. Is he a good manager? He's not really proved it anyway, has he? No. He got Wolves promoted, but I, I, but I, could, I could have probably got that Wolves squad promoted. <laughs> Finalist get. Uh, one person just... we haven't mentioned, which, again, we should definitely mention, Andy Scott. Yeah. Um. <laughs> He's another one that were very similar to McArthur. He started pretty well. I seem yeah. to remember, yeah, in the first couple of months he had Alfie and Graben in the same team. Yeah. And it was going brilliantly. And then Alfie left. Seen that, isn't it? Yeah, no, tell me about it. Alfie left for you know semi decent money. Um, but again, it was it was same as that McArthur thing. As soon as we started struggling, he yeah. just lost complete control. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I mean, he, he went on to less good things. He went to Aldershot and got them relegated from football league. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but there's a bit of a theme with these 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 bad bad managers. Kenny Jackets was was awful. He's been followed on by a successful manager and so successful so far in Warney. Yeah. Uh, Andy Scott was terrible. He got followed on by Steve Evans. Yeah. And also, said Danny Bagera, he was terrible and got followed by Ronnie Moore. Yeah. So unfortunately, I suppose that's football where you have to take some absolute garbage. Yeah. Mm. I suppose. Yeah, I suppose you do really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to some more positive stuff. Move on to the greatest manager. See if we can get in the put it down to the final four. Yeah. Um, we'll start with sort of present day. I don't think I don't think we can pull him in, but I think Warney at the moment is potentially shaping up to be one of our greatest managers. Yes. I think he is. He's been here, what, four years now, is it? Uh, yeah, November 16, so, well, three and a half years. Nearly four years. I think he's just, I don't know, he's loved by fans and loved by, look, looks what, like everyone in the club, doesn't it? Yeah. No, absolutely. And I, I, as much as it was a horrendous start, when he first, I mean, that first game he came in against Burton, well, obviously, mm. in post-match, he's basically in tears on radio because he's just upset that he's let everybody down and... For to where we are now, he's a completely different manager, probably a slightly different person as well. It's it's obviously took mm-hmm. its toll in positive, negative ways. Yeah. Um, but in terms of a manager, in terms of his managerial style, he's come on just ridiculously. Mm-hmm. The thing about Warney, for me, the difference for Warney between Warney and all the other really good managers we have, and I include Ronnie in this, I think, and this is obviously speaking purely as a fan, as an outsider from the club. So I'd stand to be corrected. Um, Paul Warren's not just about the personality. Mm. It's not just about him and his ability to manage players. 
it's about it's the whole package with Paul Warren. Everything that is created mm. in the club, along with along with Tony Stewart, the, the the whole it's like the perfect storm. You know, everything has turned twenty, thirty, forty times more professional than it's ever been before. Mm. Um, there's a long term plan. You know, it's not a short term. Let's just try and get ourselves promoted and get everybody. It, there's a long term plan as to what to do with the club and what to do with the team and everything else. Plus all the all the work that goes on behind the scenes that's never really happened before, um, and that all for me most of it, if not all of it, comes from Warney. Um, so for me, he is the complete package, probably more of a complete package than we've ever had mm. as a manager. Um, I, I think, <clears throat> you know, we've 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 all the way through this, we've said no, no nobody from the club can can get in this. For me, I think he's probably not the best manager we've ever had, but I'm absolutely positive he will be. Yeah, mm. I, I will probably agree with that. He's got, he's on the, it could be, he's, he's got what he needs. Do it, he's almost there. If, you know, if he gets another promotion, yeah, and can consolidate at championship level, then yeah, why not? Yeah. Um. But because we don't know what he's got in future, I, I don't think we should include him just because, well, no. who knows what's going to happen. It could all go backwards and yeah, yeah. Mm. get relegated from League One next year if, if we don't go up. So, you know, I think we'll probably leave that one there for the time being. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Danny, oh, do you want to give us any, anybody you fancy? Is it one of your you know favourite managers of your time so far? Uh, of my time? Well, you can go all the time, but I suppose if you, you know, you weren't around in the 80s, so I don't suppose you'll be into somebody from the 80s, will you? No, I like Ronnie Moore, but he wasn't necessarily my time. Well, you can talk about Ronnie now if you want. Uh, no, I'll let, I'll let one of you two old ones <laughs> pick Ronnie. I'm going to say, I think Steve Evans was a good manager. Yeah. For a big okay. game. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree with that. Uh, I, I personally, yeah. I don't. I don't think he should be in top four ever. Really? Not ever, no. Because I, th- I think his style, like of loaning players, it was a very much uh, this season. Looking at this season and this season only, not trying to progress with a club. True. But his achievements, back to back promotions, I don't. It's hardly comes around every year, does it? Every couple of years. No, very true. Uh, and like I say, the amount of players he's signed, I can't. I dread to imagine how much money we spent on signing on fees and this yeah. and things, and cancelling contracts and loan fees. Time he was with us, but I suppose you can't argue it. Double promotion, you know. There's not many clubs get a double promotion in their history. Never mind two yeah. in recent two in recent years. Exactly. Um, but yeah, like I say, it was massively a short term. Think and I think when Stuart brought him in, he was a, a basically a short-term appointment. He tried these longer-term ones. He tried Robbins, which didn't work. He tried Ronnie back, which didn't work. He tried Andy Scott, which didn't work. And he, he got Steve Evans, who's just got quality promoted to to League Two, who was, who was on the verge of getting promoted again, weren't he? Yeah. Crawley left us, left the promotion to come to us, and we were stuck in League Two for all them years. It were just I think might be, I might be wrong. But it felt like we're just right. Get somebody in to get us out of this league. Whoever it is, just yeah. get out of this league. Mm. And you know, it blossomed into something a bit better to get us into championship in end. Oh, just madness. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and some of the you know players he brought in that that team we had in League Two were just well, they weren't a League Two team, were it? No, no it was very. No. It was a good League <clears throat> One team. Yeah, got Frecklington, O'Connor, and people like that. Which uh, we're just again like what League One team, and just sort of comparing to Ronnie. So I'm moving to Ronnie now. This is why for me that Evans is not as good as Ronnie because that when Ronnie first came over, we didn't have any money, did we? No. The team, the, the team Evans had was a League One team. The team yeah. that Ronnie had was a, was a Division Three team, a League Two team. Yeah. Mm. Um, Evans, Evans had back. <clears throat> Of Stuart, I don't think Ronnie had that much backing financially from Boothie. No, he never never did. Um, the problem with Steve Evans for me is it's, it's it's a really it's a really tough one for me because 
yeah, he's given us some fantastic times. Mm. Can't argue with that. You know, the, the, the Wembley win against Leighton Orient, the double promotion, like you said, all those things, yeah, fantastic times. Greatest manager? Nah. Nah, he's not a manager, is he? He's not a manager in the sense of the word manager. I don't mean I'm not. I don't mean he's not. A You're very black and white. Well, <laughs> yeah, just look at him, man. He's a, he's a bully. The man is a bully. <laughs> That's how he goes through life. That's how he's got through life. It's quite clear. And, and I think if you would probably talk to some of the players that he, that he managed in inverted commas, they'd, you know, candidly, they'd tell you the same. Um, yeah, he, he did a great job for us, and I, I can't argue with that. But a manager. He's not my kind of manager, but you know other people would disagree, and I and I accept that completely based on, based on his results. But yeah. you know it, it, he's got that shotgun approach to everything, hasn't he? Shot, yeah. You know he's got a shotgun approach to getting as many players in as he possibly can, and a shotgun approach to managing people and all. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Well, there's that story from the uh, from the semi final, isn't there? Uh, the first leg at Preston. Where he supposedly went into the to the dressing room at half time or whatever it were, and said if you if, if you get us all promoted, then you'll all get new contracts. Yeah. And I don't think there were any new contracts the following year. No. So I think that's you know that's unfortunate what the type of type of guy. But he got us there, didn't he? He did a, did a did a did a job. <clears throat> kept us up there. The, you know when he left, we went down. You know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Is that was a that was the legacy of of him being there? I don't think he'd have kept us up. Possibly. No, I don't. You uh, never know. You don't know. No, you don't. It's just it's, like I say. I don't think he would have done. Might have done. Don't know. Yeah. Just not my kind of bloke. No, I, I, I remember when we signed him, and we were all just sort of sat there thinking, "Oh God, what have we done?" Yeah, we might get us up, but God, I don't like him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and to be fair, I, I, my, my view hasn't. I, I am very thankful to him for what yeah. he's for us. I am genuinely. Um, however, my view hasn't changed it at all. No. No, I agree. But I think he's probably got to go in. You can't. I don't think he can get a double promotion and then not be at least with in the final four. Well, you've yeah. got to say. Well, then Ronnie's got to go in then. Yeah, it definitely. I think Ronnie, Ronnie will win it. Ronnie, I think Ronnie will win it. We'll move on to Ronnie in a minute. But we'll possibly leave him last. But Ronnie's Ronnie's top at list for, as far as I'm concerned. But should we move on to something a bit older, mate? Do you want to get something from your earlier days, or you think maybe should you know get a shout in this? Um, Ian Porterfield. Mm. Um, Ian Porterfield was with us from uh, sort of the very end of '79 and took us up. Um, but Ian Porterfield was a man that created that team with Ronnie. Tony Towner, uh, Stan Cliff, Ray Mountford, that side, that championship winning side mm. was Ian Porterfield's, and it was Ian Porterfield's doing. Um, he was a fantastic manager. Mm. Um, and, and for me, he definitely should probably, definitely should be in there uh, for his achievements because, again, we didn't spend any money. We weren't a club that could spend a lot of money because we didn't have any. Yeah. Obviously, he obviously picked, selected a team or selected players, brought them together as a team, and boy, did they perform. Mm. Like, like I said in one of two of these previous podcasts, I think when we were talking about strikers and about Ronnie um, and why I wasn't sure that he should have been in greatest strikers, because Ian Porterfield created the perfect storm for Ronnie mm. um, to, 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 to thrive. Everybody about him knew the job was good at the jobs or outstanding at the job uh, and that were down to in Portfield. Um, for me, he was a terrific manager and you look at his win rate as well. 71 matches and he only lost 18 games. Mm. Wow. Very good. I mean, uh, and uh, you know, he went on to, he went on to Sheffield United on the promise of bigger, you know, a bigger club and everything else. Mm. Um, and I don't, I suppose at the time I, I remember being quite Annoyed about that, begrudging mm. that. When I look back at what Rotherham United were then, you know the state of the ground, the state of the the the, the board, if you like, the chairman and, and everything else. It was never going to go anywhere at Millmore because the club was never going anywhere. Um, 
that's just how it was, you mm. know. Um, so he went on to bigger and better things. I don't think he particularly flourished anywhere else because I don't think he ever got really got the, val- the the quality of footballer that he had mm. or the team spirit. I don't know, whatever it was that took us up. It was quality on pitch, there's no doubt about it. So... Well, that, yeah. that, that, that team's remembered fondly. Whenever, whenever we've put out on Twitter or Facebook about this greatest 11 team or manager or whatever, a lot of players from that team have been mentioned, a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you could mention somebody <clears throat> you know, I'm sure as we've gone through that greatest team, mm. somebody from that team has been mentioned in virtually, if not all, positions. Yeah. Um, which, which, which is testament to what he built in that squad. Uh, and it's not just us, it's people, you know, it's other people on Facebook and Twitter who are contributing. People are mentioning, you know, players from that team all the time. So, so yeah. No, yeah, uh, somebody may move on to the straight after that, uh, Emlyn Hughes. Yeah. Uh, looking at this, I, I, we were talking before we go on, looking at the, the positions where we finished when he was manager. With the first season, we finished seventh in Division Two. Yeah. But we were, what? Five points, four points off promotion yes, to, to the top flight. Yeah. Wow. Um, and obviously that's for as you've just mentioned for everything else about the, about us that would have been a, obviously an incredible achievement. Yeah, that was a pinnacle, wasn't it? That was that was the the uh, six nil against Chelsea. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure Paul was still manager then. No, he left. Oh, yeah. He left after after promotion according to this. <clears throat> oh, I don't might be wrong though. Emily Hughes came to us as player manager, having made 474 appearances for Liverpool wow. and 62 for England. <laughs> um, yeah, and he did a decent job. Um, but there is a big but for Emily Hughes for me. Um, the the rumours were abounded. But after a period of time, that nobody liked, <laughs> right? None of the players liked him, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Those were the rumours. They were always sort of quashed a little bit. No, 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 that's not true. And I remember on a Tuesday night seeing him score a goal for us, which was an absolute worldy. It was an absolute world-class goal from outside box, off top, of, off bottom at bar, into the back at net. You know what I mean? Goal is no chance. Absolute yeah. world-class goal. And I remember him turning and running to celebrate, and the other ten players basically turned their back on him and walked away. <laughs> and at that point, I thought, they're not rumours. These, yeah. not rumours. He was not liked. Quite clearly. Well, yeah. yeah by, by a lot of the players. And I don't know whether that's just his reputation. I don't know what the bloke were like. Um, but he did all right. You know, like you said, we finished seventh or whatever it was in, in what is now the championship. Um, probably our highest ever position, I assume. I, I don't know. Uh, no, we uh, we finished third. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, just as a side note, Ronnie Moore was top scorer in that, in that year. In the league. <laughs> Right, beating some. Uh, I, I've just put on Twitter the other day that he was top scorer finishing ahead of Gary Lineker. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah who would put that on Twitter, Matt? Oh, I don't know. I've not got it in front of me. I can't, I'll see if I can find it. Well, you. What's his name called? Um. Um. Oh, what's his name now? Uh, Ronnie Moore. <laughs> I went not Ronnie Moore that put that. <laughs> well, I thought that was really funny. No. All right. Well, he liked it. It was Mick Lambert. Oh, I went to school with Mick. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Mick Lambert put it on. Yeah, all right. Uh, but yeah, <clears throat> that's. Yeah. Uh, so, do you think Portfield's got a shout to be on the list? Or? Without a doubt, for me, without a shadow of a doubt. And he brought us Ronnie Moore. Well, yeah. He brought Ronnie Moore to our club. So, whatever happens. So, moving on to another other more recent one, Benjamin, how do you feel about Neil Warnock? Um, I think he, I think he's got to go in. I know we're on, what it was six months out of it. Less than that, February. February. What, what? Yeah. Didn't we go on, on eleven games unbeaten? About that, yeah. 
something ridiculous with the team we had as well. It weren't a weren't world class team, was it? No, no, not at all. It weren't a good team, and he really dragged us out of that relegation. Like we were bound to be relegated, and he dragged us out of that clearly, didn't he? Yeah, we did but, episode, uh, we did episode a few weeks, ago, didn't we? I think we were what four points adrift when he came in, something like that. Yeah. Um. And yeah. It just took us. Yeah, it, well, the, the form the form he put put us on was promotion winning form. There's no yeah. if so buts that if that yeah. was, if you if you kept that form up for a year, we'd have gone up. Yeah, that's the big if and a but. But that's I don't it. think you can include him because of the length of time. It's but like is, is that well, we had, I don't. Know, it's like had... Solskjaer not getting a contract at Man United after going on that unbeaten run and saying he's one of the best managers to have ever lived. The difference is that Warnock achieved something. Warnock did. Warnock was brought in to do this, to try and do this impossible job, and he did it. Solskjaer's won a game yeah, against PSG. He did do it, but who's to say if a diff- another manager came in, they might, they could have done it. Another manager might have done, but I took Neil Redfern once kept us up. No, but I just think the length of t- it needs to it needs to be someone that's more than th- that were there for more than four months. I don't know. Uh, can I say that we had we had Tavernier in though, and he was the same amount of period of time, weren't he? Yeah, that's a good shout. I think Tavernier were longer than four months. No, no. no Tavernier went alone for a second half of the season. That's six months. Well, January January to May is not six months, but anyway. Five months. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think there's a shout for Warnock to be in. Um, yeah. We'll go through some other ones, see if there's anybody else that we think is possibly more worthy. But there might be one in there. Um, probably time to move on to Ronnie, or the King, as people <laughs> refer to him. Um, Ronnie came in '97 after the, the season before is my one of my first sort of memories of watching football. That relegation season. Yeah. I remember it being a really grim place to be. To watch football, yeah, it was joy towards it. It was, you know, really grim. And that summer, when he came in, there were a massive fuss and a massive excitement that Ronnie had came uh, come back. Obviously, me, seven, eight year old, I had no idea what what it was all about. It was just this guy had come in, but I had a post on my wall. Ronnie's coming home, and them two we had a couple of friendlies against Barnsley and Aberdeen or something like that and there was this massive swell of excitement coming when he came back um, but the first season was a bit, a bit drab weren't it we finished 7th or 8th something like that not outside of playoffs anyway yeah um, but it, it took him a season or two to sort of get his own team in player wise but when he did well you look at the players who, who brought in they went on to be legends yeah uh, Warney, obviously Erste was there before, but obviously Erste kept going. Um, Kev Watson, did Kev Watson come in Division Three? Can't remember, but he, 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 I can't remember whether he came in Division Three or after we'd been promoted. I want to say after we'd been promoted. Yeah, possibly. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, it, to be fair, everybody had there been there been a lot of talk about it during Danny Bagara's reign about who we're going to take over when it was clear and obvious that eventually he was going to go. Mm. Been a lot of talk around town as, as to who everybody wanted, and, and and there was started to be a bit of a well, a lot of momentum building towards uh, people wanting Ronnie back. Um, Boothy was the chairman at the time, um, and. The consensus is that Boothy didn't really care for club, weren't interested. Mm. You know, they, all they wanted to do was make sure they didn't have to spend too much money. Yeah. Um, whether that's right or not, I don't know. You know, there's there's loads of different stories. Uh, but I don't think the club itself had no intentions whatsoever of, of approaching anybody else. And I don't really think, as a manager other than Bagara, and I don't think that they would have looked at, at Ronnie initially until the sort of the bandwagon started rolling a little bit from from fans and everything else uh, Ronnie wasn't available he was a manager at Southport this is my knowledge this is to my memory so I will stand corrected and I'm sure that if um, I'm sure there'll be one or two that will correct me if, uh, if they know better uh, he was the manager at Southport having been assistant at Tranmere for a while um, 
and I, I, please don't ask me when this was, but obviously prior to his appointment, um, my dad and two others from Rotherham, whose names escape me for the moment, but I will remember him, uh, travelled across to Southport to see Ronnie. To did, did you say your dad? Yes, I did, yeah. All right. <laughs> um, I don't know who was involved in the meeting. Um I don't know whether my dad were involved with it or not. Um, I, I, it's bugging me now. I can't remember Barry, Barry, and somebody else anyway. Uh, to, to see whether he'd be willing to come across to, to to Rotherham, and I think that sort of opened the door. My understanding is that opened the door to to him coming across, and eventually, obviously, he did. And there was talks, there was chat, and everything else, um, and 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 he was given the job, um, and we we organised a. Um, a do to Zone Nightclub <laughs> unveiling. Um, and I remember we 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 put all sorts on fireworks and everything, you know, indoor fireworks. And and I remember that night at the Zone, and anybody that were there, if anybody's anybody's listening on on, on and wants to comment on it and, and give us your memories of it on Facebook or on Twitter, you can, if you can imagine a nightclub at six o'clock or seven o'clock on a Friday night or whatever night it was, absolutely packed, solid, full of football fans. Um, and we played, it, we played football's coming home because that was, that was the song that had been, it had been sung on Tivoli on, on weeks sort of running up to it. Um, you know, Ronnie's coming home, Ronnie's coming home. Um, and, and, and then the, we played that song and it, it came out and there were, to, to sparklers and all sorts of stuff. And I'm sure he's got memories of it as well, but what a fabulous, fabulous night that was. And it was a massive thing. Yeah. It was a massive deal for, for, for the town, for the club, because it was like a homecoming. It was genuinely like a homecoming for us. I don't know how Ronnie felt about it, being, not being a Rotherham lad, um, although he is now, clearly, and has been ever since. Um but, but, yeah, it was just an amazing, an amazing night, that. Um, and we got our man. Yeah. That's what everybody wanted. He was the man that everybody wanted. Everybody at the club, supporter-wise. Mm. Well, we got him, and he didn't disappoint, did he? Not half, no. Unlike I said, he, he wasn't particularly backed. I don't remember us spending... If we spent money, it were very minimal amounts of money. Um, and there were always talk throughout his entire time at us that it was always the lowest paid manager in each division we're in, basically, or if not the lowest paid, but one of the lowest paid. Yeah. And the jobs they were doing were well and above what he should have been able to do with the team and squad. Um, it's fair to say it wasn't a one-man show. Him and Brecken as, as a management team, they yeah. worked so well together. I think Brecken maybe the brains behind the operation from, ta- from a tactical side. Yeah. Um, but Ronnie was obviously the face, the face and the voice of it. And, well, yeah, it was something special. That Alan Lee goal is one of the great <laughs> moments of my Rotherham watching life. It's just yeah. something else. And that, that season, you know, it was another one of them seasons. It was a bit like that promotion one from League Two where there's a couple of moments that happened, every, you know, like the yeah. Bradford game uh, for that season. There were that Oldham, Oldham game. We played Oldham away towards end of the season. And we, it was something like 2-2 with about five minutes left. And Rob Scott basically scored from a throw-in. Yes, that's right, yeah. His throw went in straight from straight in. I'm sure we were sat behind goal. It definitely went straight in. Yeah. Um, but it, I remember that, yeah. It, it, it was allowed. It, again, one of those moments, like there is in promotion seasons, where you just think, this is this is going our way, this, you know. this is. It feels like this is going right. And it, obviously, obviously it did. Yeah. Uh, and then to go into the championship and compete, with some of them clubs. Yeah. I mean, when last season, a few well, under Evans, there was a, a gap in terms of budget between us and the big boys. Yeah. But when Ronnie were in charge, there were a gap in budget between us and everybody else in the division. Yeah. Whereas last season, you know, you top seven or eight are, are, are budget above. All 23 teams were a budget above us when yeah. Ronnie were in charge. Uh, and for me, that's why I would always pick him over Evans. Evans was backed, even in the championship, he was backed with a reasonable amount of money. Not, you know, not saying he had millions and millions. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think Stuart would have ever said no to Evans where possible. Yeah. Whereas I think when Ronnie asked for stuff, I imagine most of the time was, can no. you get somebody cheaper? 
well, can we get, you know, for yeah. this? Um, and we, we're constantly saying people for low money. It's not, it's not like he kept the best players either. No. We sold people for peanuts. Yes. Yeah, we did. We did. And, and obviously that's changed now, but yeah. 400 matches in charge for Ronnie. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I believe there were, obviously they talk about him leaving a couple of times. He almost went to Ipswich, didn't he? Yeah, they were talk about the Ipswich move, weren't they? Um, which obviously never never came off. No. Um, and then he finally left. I mean, I remember the first game after he left, and it was one of the weirdest atmospheres ever. It were almost like somebody had died. Yeah. There was no atmosphere around the stadium. We were already relegated, basically. Yeah. But he left and it was all sort of like everybody's just sort of like, well, just, you know. It, yeah, it was really, I don't know how to describe it really. It was a really weird atmosphere yeah. after he left. Um, because that new board had taken over there, Millers 05 or whatever they were. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's when, I mean, that was the point at which we really were in trouble as a club. Yeah. Um, you know, both had left, left as. In the hands of the supporters, basically, yeah, and, uh, and, and basically throwing us to wolves. Wait, well, it sold us to supporters and then made this deal to rent the stadium off them, yeah, for this insane amount of money, which we basically didn't get that amount of money a month or something ridiculous like that. Uh, it just threw us under the bus, didn't it, really? Big time. Um, but it were money, man. That's all. That's all he were interested in. He was never interested in club. No. Um, but the thing is, you know, you look at Ronnie, you look at Warney, you look at probably Neil Warnock as well. Mm. But certainly Ronnie and Warney, they love they love the club. They've got a, they've got a passion for the club. Yeah. And, and that's why they're successful. That is why that they are. That's why they are successful. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's why Warnock. Uh, um, I think that's why Warnock was partially successful because he's. A local lad, and he's a die-hard United fan. Yes, yeah. He played for us, well, didn't he, didn't he Warnock? Yeah, we're yeah. the only club that he's played for and managed. Oh, really? I, I, thought, I didn't know he'd not played for Sheffield United. Yeah. Right. Hmm. So yeah, no, he didn't play for Chesterfield. Right. Played for Sheffield United. Oh, there you go. Didn't know that. Yeah. He's got a hell of a list of uh, teams that he's managed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. Well, he, 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 Warnock even said though that that keeping us up is one of his best achievements, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then to be fair, he came to our rescue, obviously at that time when, as you mm. talked about, Miller 05 were in yes. charge, um, and, and, and they did they did a fantastic job, or as as, as best a job as they possibly could at keeping the club alive at that time as well. Yeah. You know, under the circumstances, and brought Paul Douglas in, who's who's gone from strength to strength, Paul. Mm. But anyway, that's that's not what this is about. This is all about uh, greatest managers in it. So um, for me, Ronnie's obviously number one choice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I would also have Ian Porterfield in there. That'd be that'd be my thrill. Mm. Yeah, that sounds fair. Ben, Ben, who do you want to, do you want to chuck in? We got we have Ronnie and Porterfield to start with. Ah. Uh, are we allowed one? I would say not because we don't know. It, we don't know how it's going to end. It could all end in tears. If it all ends in tears, then yeah, I'm gonna put Warnock. And Warnock, cool. Daniel Jones. Evans. Evans. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. He's got it with his achievements. Yeah, I think the double promotion. Um, like I said, personally, I, because of many other things we've talked about. I think Ronnie's was a much better achievement, but we'll put it out of their field of vote, I suppose. Yeah, I think I think Ronnie should win it. But should we just yeah. skip it and just put Ronnie then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll put that. I think uh, yeah, I think that's a good four. We'll put Ronnie, Evans, Porterfield and Warnock as the as the four. It's a good it's a very good four. They all they all did lots for the club, didn't they? So Yeah. Personally hoping Ronnie wins. <laughs> uh, so thank you everybody for listening, joining us. That's what that's the four we'll put on. Uh, anybody else got anyone to chat and talk about before we let this go? No. No, no that's everything I think. To, to 
play again. Um, so we, again, it's something we talked about off air. But so according to the Sky Sports News yesterday, League One and Two could be decided by the top eight teams from each division taking part in a mini tournament. Mm. How do we feel about that? Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? Ben? Um, I don't really know to be honest. Really? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't really care. Oh. So what's in Coventry? Best two teams in division, and Coventry fans will agree with that. We who who might who's in eighth? Who might go up if they win that Wickham. tournament? Wickham. Wickham could go up, and they've been awful. With the worst, they were first for half the season. Awful. Yeah, but I guarantee if we played season out, they would not have had a sniff for a chance of being in playoffs. Well, I think I think League Two is a, a much more uh, obvious example of why it's a ridiculous idea. Crew mm. were top on 69 points, and if they do the top eight, Port Vale on 57 points would get in to the to this to this mini tournament. And it's like, well, that's just crazy. It just it just seems mad. And again, yeah. some else we as, as we were talking last night is, I don't know why they don't just stick to the idea of right. If we're going to call it season now. And everything else, that's fine. Well, why don't you just put the teams up who are in promotion places and have a playoff system for the teams in the playoffs? It just yeah, that, that's what we do now. Why why are we changing it? But mm. you can also say Don Doncaster are five points behind Sunderland with two games in hand. What if they'd have won their two games in hand, they'd have finished in top eight? Well, exactly. Yeah, that's that's some sort of points per game system. But then that's that that doesn't help because Donny could have, like I said, Donny could have won both their games. But if you didn't do a points per game, that's not going to give them six points. No, exactly. That, that might give them 3.8 or what, you know, whatever it would be. Um, so it's not going to be fair either way. I, I, the Championship are going to finish. The Premier League are going to finish. They are, those two leagues are definitely going to finish on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, because of money. But because there's a lot of teams lower, lower end of League One that might not be able to manage if we keep playing. I think that's why League One might finishing early. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be after this. I'm not sure how many teams are actually going to be in League Two because I don't know how many can actually cope with this. Yeah, well, yeah, it's going to be interesting, particularly if we have to start next season behind closed doors. Mm. Again, reading stuff from Accrington Chairman, who is very good, he basically said that while ever we're in a state now of well, effectively freezing everything, that you can get by because you're not paying that much staff because you furloughed everybody. Uh, and if needs be, you could probably defer wages. But as soon as you start playing games, particularly behind closed doors, that's when the danger is going to start coming in for clubs. Because you're yeah. asked to fork out match fees for players. You're still playing admin staff to do the administration stuff. You're still playing a certain amount of stewards. You're still going to probably play some police costs and everything else. And probably have to pay some costs for coronavirus testing as well. Mm. Well, they've got no income because nobody's paying money through gates. So then, how do you fund it? There's no funding and things like that. The one about we won't be able to attend football matches till earliest first of October. Yeah, these are all. These the EFL have said that's optimistic. In Germany, Germany, I don't think are allowing fans till 2021, but they're on about starting the season in the next few weeks. Ninth uh, of May, they're talking about, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. If, if only we had some sort of organisation that was sort of in overall charge to, to, to look after the benefits of, of the clubs that are struggling, you know, mm. and make decisions on their behalf. If only there were such an organisation. Mm. Could, what they could do, they could call it the English Football League or EFL for short. Mm. Um, and then, then they could make sure that we've still got 92 clubs next season. <laughs> we've, already, we've already managed to get rid of one of them. Um, this, the, 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 the way the EFL are dealing with this is an absolute outrage. It's scandalous. There are clubs going to the wall. There are clubs going to go to the wall. They're going to go bust. And they're doing nothing at all about it, it would appear. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether there's anything going off behind the scenes, but if there is, there's absolutely no transparency whatsoever. What, what can they do, though? What, what do you reckon they could do? To help these clubs out. They could also, to, to, at least to keep them going until they make a decision, but they could also make a decision. Yeah. You know what I mean? End the season now. If, we if, all... the, end of, if the end of the season now, everybody would know what's happening and yeah. they, could, 
it's it's fine. It's basically fine. Absolutely, you can start to plan for the future. Yeah. We'll get the clubs will get their their positional uh, awards, financial awards based on where they finished in, in league. Then they will have a certain amount of income, and then they're into the close season, just as they would have been. Mm. But as we stand at the moment, we're waiting and waiting and waiting for the seasons going on longer and longer and longer. Contracts are running out. They're paying wa- they're paying wages for players who aren't playing. They get, it's just an absolute debacle and they're doing nothing about it. Mm. You know, if, if we had a weekly a weekly output from them just saying, look, this is what we've talked about this week, maybe this will happen, maybe that will happen, maybe this, we, we, this is what we get to assist clubs. Something, talk to us, tell people. They're not telling people. They're no. not telling people because they're not doing anything. No. And clubs are going to go out of business. People are going to lose. People are going to lose their livelihoods and supporters are going to lose their clubs. Mm. Yeah. And the EFL, genuinely, it appears, don't care. No, it doesn't seem to. We're, we're, very, we're very lucky that we've got a, a, a well-run club. But 15, 20 years ago, we'd be oh, one of them clubs. We'd have been gone. Yeah, we'd be, we'd be one of them clubs that potentially going to wall. It's just not right. It's just not right. But no. it's... Again, you've got people like with the FA. You've got people in charge who've been in charge for however many hundreds of years, and they don't care. They're only in it for only they're only here for beer, aren't they? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's my rant. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. Absolutely. Hopefully, in the next week, with everything seeming to cool down on the COVID side, we might start being in a position where decisions can be made by the Premier League, and then when the Premier League make the decisions the EFL will trot alongside them with whatever they do. Yeah, um, yes sir, no sir, three bags full. Oh, yeah, exactly. The, the, Premier, the Premier League have basically put <clears> in that is <throat> to get back training at the same time that Germany start playing. So yeah. around the 9th of May to get back training and then I will play the, re, restart the season within a few weeks of that is their supposed plan. Uh, but, the, but then the EFL have said we're not going to, we don't recommend enemy start training again until 16th or 17th of May. So it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, so then you've got 13 days before, you know, oh no, sorry, a month and 13 days before all your contracts run out. Well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully, by the time we come back next week, we'll have something else on this to discuss, but I wouldn't bet any money on that. Yeah, you never know. Um, so yeah we'll leave that one there for now and we'll come back to that rant next week um, so yeah we'll do that and then we'll put the votes out for the manager for later we don't know what we'll do next week as next week's episode uh, we'll present a full quiz episode or we may mm. some people on Twitter and Facebook suggesting we should be picking a captain it's like a club captain for yeah. uh, again of our history the great, greatest level captain of it Um we might even put that out as a vote on later week, see what people want to listen to, see if they're interested. We could also do an episode on on worst eleven, so we could create our own worst eleven. <laughs> from one, one to eleven in manager, but that'll only take one episode. Uh, yeah. But hopefully, well, at the minute we've got time to kill. Hopefully that won't last long, but you know. So yeah, we're going, we've gone down to one one episode a week at the minute, just because we're sort of running out of things to talk about. Mm. Um, so yeah there'll be no midweek episode we'll come again next week with either a quiz episode or a captain's 11 or a worst 11 we'll see and we'll take it from there so thank you very much everybody for listening and thank you Daniel Jones for taking part in this podcast thank you thank you very much and thank you Ben for doing thank the um, thing at the start the words right. uh, and thank Bye. you Nick, for your stories and for stuff I don't know thank you <laughs> whatever yeah. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for joining us guys and we'll see you again next week. Cheers. Yeah. Bye. Looking towards Ravel. Ambitious. Yeah.